Hello and welcome back to episode 30 of The Tech Garage. Uh, I'm Zach Timmy, your host. And I'm Matt Bond. You might be asking yourself a quick little question about where directly the fuck have these guys been for the last year? Has it been a year? Was it, did you grab pull the date when you pulled the, uh, uh, the no, number? No, that would have actually required planning for the show and oh, looking right, at what was going on. Um, uh, it feels like it's been about a year. I think it's been more than a year. Yeah, I'm going to blame it on my baby. That seems like a valid... <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it, 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 was, it was more than a year because it's pre-baby. It was pre-baby. So, uh, um, I guess about two years maybe then? I think it's been close to two years. That is crazy times. I'm going to have to look at that. Look that up. Uh, but yeah, so for the last two years, we've been a little bit busy. I had a baby. Uh, Matt, your kids I, turned I like 14. Just, yeah, they're 14. <laughs> I don't know what I've been busy with. Work has been a little more busy the last... The last two years, work has been more busy than normal. More busy yeah. than it was before. I think also the fact that we started working together again made it to where we talked a lot more in the car and a lot less in the podcast. Yeah, I didn't really feel the need to uh, just go on rants and, and, and stuff since we do that daily, twice a day now. Yes. Maybe that's why we're doing this now after the Christmas break, but we haven't seen as much of each other. <laughs> it's been like three weeks. I'm like, I have things to bitch about. Um, so anyways, we're back on board. We're going to be doing the podcast. Uh, how, how regularly do you want to do it? I haven't like... Uh, I didn't think about it. We were doing it weekly before. Maybe bi-weekly would every be a better schedule. Every two weeks we're going to shoot yeah. for? Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're going to shoot for every two weeks. Note, this is all of our excessive planning happening while our visit. Mid-show, mid-show. So if you've missed us, and I'm sure all of you out there that were both, listening. Both of you. Both of you, yeah. Uh, you know, you'll be able to catch a, a, the next episode somewhere around January 15th. That's my birthday. Well, day after, but hey. So let's dive right in. Um, the first thing we wanted to talk about today is the interview. What interview? Exactly what I asked five <laughs> minutes ago. Um, we're talking about the, uh, the movie that came out with, uh, James Franco, James Franco from Seth uh, Freaks and Geeks, Seth Rogen from the Green Hornet and Freaks and Geeks and Freaks and Geeks. Um, were both of them also in, um, Pineapple Express, Pineapple Express, but I was thinking there was Undeclared. I think that just had um, Seth Rogen. Ooh, I never saw James that. Frank. Oh, you should check it out. It's good. Okay. Uh, so for those of you that haven't heard, this is basically a uh, movie about two guys that work at a uh, uh, on a TV show. Did you watch it? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, and they are commissioned by the uh, CIA, I assume? Yeah. To so kill the, Kim Jong-il? Yeah, yeah. So a little, little backstory. Uh, James Franco's character plays a, uh, I don't know, like a talk show host. And Seth Rogen's character is the, like the, producer. the producer, and they we really need to get a producer. Our shit would be tight. With we a would producer. we would be tight with producer. We'd have like, like guest scheduled and stuff. Oh, we should do that. And uh, Kim Jong Un. It turns out they find out that he's a fan of the show, and so as a result of that, they get they're like, "Who we should we should interview him?" And then they they get that set up, and then the CIA finds out and commission them to. To assassinate uh, do some murder and yeah, and, and hilarity ensues naturally because I mean, thinking about uh, assassinating a foreign dictator always brings like tears to my well, eyes from laughing so hard. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Do you pay attention to the North Korea situation much? I, I know, know that there is a North Korea. Yeah, and my wife's been to South Korea, which is just south of North Korea, and yet um, geographically close, but, but but you know, incredibly different. Yeah, and actually, it sounds like. Uh, the South Koreans have actually done a really amazing job of learning from the Germans uh, back World War II time frame when Germany was kind of 
carved out into East Germany and West Germany, and then eventually reunification. Uh, it was actually a really big impact to the German economy because they had, like, their money went crazy. They had people that were poor. They had people that were rich. Uh, South Korea has actually been planning for that. They have, like, subway lines terminating right at the North Korean border. As soon as, um, you know, they start some kind of reunification, bam, they're ready to go, won't have any I didn't issues. know that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Suck it. I do know shit. That's odd because, <laughs> well, I just I just saw something about there's the uh, there's weird uh, tensions between uh, North Korean defectors mm-hmm. who go into South Korea and they're treated really poorly. Yeah. Um, but eh, yeah. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, it was it was a hilarious movie. Uh, the, the 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 thing is, you know, for people who are listening, wait, wait, to how this, did you see that movie already? Uh, well, it's not. It hasn't even come out in the theaters yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, it did. So it got canceled uh, because uh, Sony got hacked. And what? Yeah, Sony was hacked again. No, Sony seems to be the uh, target of hackers a uh, lot, or the people on the block that have the shittiest security out there. It would be m- another way of doing that. Maybe that. that. Um, and there were all kinds of threats and yada, 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 and people said that they were going to 9-11 attack the theaters that were um, showing the interview. You didn't... You, uh, the well, look on your face indicates you didn't see know that, any of that, this. That just sounds like a weird thing to do. It's like saying, I'm going to Schindler's List you. Like, how do you 9-11 a theater? I, <laughs> you I, you, you like, fly a plane into it? Ah, that just feels weird. I don't know. They, they just said... Bad stuff's going to happen. Everybody panicked, and they pulled the movie all together, and then, uh, which was supposed to air on Christmas Day. It was supposed to go show up in theaters on Christmas Day. Um, I think on Christmas Eve, a few independent theaters said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna show it. We're anyway. gonna show it anyway." And they all agreed. And then um, Google and Microsoft said that they would uh, show it um, same day on Christmas Day via um, YouTube and, and Xbox networks. Live. So, yeah. So and Google Play. And so I watched it on Xbox on Christmas Eve. Nice. Um, How was it? It was it was hilarious. It was funny. And I was exci- I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I, I don't have to go to the theater. I can sit here in my my home and I can watch a movie on the day it it like premiered. Like a big budget movie. I think this is the first big big budget. This there's been plenty of other stuff that shows up straight to on demand DVD. Video. But that might as well be like direct to video. Aces five. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the first like simultaneous release in theaters and on video of a large right. budget movie. Now, um, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, uh, at least uh, my feelings on you know things beamed directly into your home. Uh, if they'd go this direction with more movies, I would actually watch more movies earlier. I, I would probably purchase them earlier, too. Like As it stands now, I go onto Amazon and pre-order every goddamn movie that I ever want to see. The minute a commercial comes out, I'm like, doop, doop, doop pre-order and then i wait like four months or five months or however long it takes to get there but if i could watch it that same day yeah it'd be awesome well and for for me it's just the you know you're cutting out the theater middle middleman which honestly the there's some benefits of going to the theater when i go see there, there's like standing in a line well like for service it's a floors. bigger screen than i have at home Right. Oh, right. Right. But but it's, can you pause it though and go get more popcorn? No, and it's there's 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 a bunch of downsides to it, right? So yeah, so like yes, it's a bigger the screen. People that are there. Yes, there's a theater experience. Um, so you know if you're watching a big, uh, a, a really big action movie, maybe it's worthwhile going there. But it's becoming less and less so because you look at how well you can get THX at home now. So yeah, well, and you look at how cheap, uh, relatively, uh, big screen TVs are now, right? You can get yeah, a, I mean, you can get an eighty inch for just a couple of grand. Uh, 
I'm yeah. pretty sure I saw that at Costco or, last week. Or like weekend. a 60 inch for like a thousand bucks. Or you almost said a thousand grand, didn't you? I, I think I may have come close to that. Or you can get a, you know, 50 inch for like 500 bucks. It's like yeah, it, it is getting insanely cheap to have very large displays. But I, I like it for years. There were people that said, uh, you know, television was going to end the theaters. It didn't, right? Television no, happens in the home. The theater still happened there. Uh, quick and easy distribution of media. Will people will still go to watch the theaters, right? Yeah, but I, you know, the, the whole time though, um, what people were saying that before TVs. Do you remember what TVs looked like twenty years ago? Yeah, I do. They were uh, made out of glass. They were heavy. Yeah. As, heavy they were heavy as fuck, and they were smaller than your current computer monitor. Uh, yeah, I've had TVs that were actually smaller than my uh, iPad Mini. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I did. Growing up, I had broke a, me. I had a black and white TV. It was, um, you know, I think a five and a half inch uh, display. It was about twelve inches deep, and it had a little antenna on the top of it that I had to move around. Uh, did just, you you actually used that? Yes, I actually had that TV on I, my. I remember. Th- I, I kind of vaguely remember those. Yeah, and then I was really excited when I was able to pick up a. Uh, TV from the yard sale across the street that was color, and it was um, probably 22 inches or something like that, maybe 18 inches. Uh, so I had the 18-inch TV at my bed, the 5.5-inch TV on the nightstand, and I'd watch the 5.5-inch TV, even though it was black and white, at night because my parents didn't know I was watching it, but right. the color one like lit up the whole damn room and they could tell. So, right. you know, it's important to have a couple TVs even then. I mean, I remember... Roughly, you know, 20 years ago after I got out of college, my first TV, my real first TV was like an 18 to 23 inch TV. I think my first TV that I bought for myself, like from an actual store, was a uh, 32 inch RCA TV. Uh, well, I eventually upgraded to a yeah. 27 inch TV, which again is, I believe, the size of my desktop monitor now. Which one of your desktop monitors? Uh, well, the main one. Right. right. <laughs> that I six, the touchscreen one? The touchscreen one yeah. that I sit, you know, 12 inches back from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I don't think theaters are ever going to go away. But I, I just, for me, I would really appreciate the ability to watch movies much faster in my uh, home. Like, one of the ones that I watched uh, in, th- oh, I don't think I watched that in theater, did I? Uh, yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah, great movie. I was super stoked to see that. Uh, I'd agreed to go watch it with my wife, then she ended up in China for a month. So, I didn't watch it, and by the time I wanted to watch it, it was out of the theaters. She ended up seeing it on an airplane. So I'm like, watch and then you needed to wait another three to six months before yeah. it to show up on video. And then I had to wait till Amazon had it, and I'm like, ah, this blows because I just kind of want to watch another Captain America movie. Yeah, especially when everybody said that was better than the first. It was way better than the first uh, one. The first one kind of sucked. You know what I'm going to say is a lot of origin story um, movies kind of blow, <laughs> especially the ones that we've watched like nine thousand times. Hey Sony. Do not make another Spider-Man origin story, you dumb sacks of shit. So here was my problem with the first uh, Captain America. I, the it wasn't the origin story part of it. I actually liked the origin story part of it. I liked when they had you know skinny little Steve Rogers, you know, right. um, the the ninety pound weakling walking around and whatnot. Yep. Um, he looked a lot like the Human Torch. Yeah, he did look a lot like the Human Torch. Um, it was the 
there was a th- there was one thing that really ruined it for me. The, most of the movie was pretty good. Was it the fact that he had a shield? It was the battle montage at the end of the movie, or you know, uh, about four fifths to the end of the movie. Um, uh, the World War Two. Um, yeah, yeah, World War Two battle montage with him like riding on the motorcycle with the shield on front, protecting him from bullets, and he's yeah. he's going over jumps on the motorcycle. And then there was a couple of really bad. Did did it give you the same feeling that you get watching like the A Team or the Dukes of Hazard these I, days? That was exactly what it was. And there it's was like, a couple of really bad edits also where it was like um, he's chasing after an airplane on the motorcycle or running, and then they cut and he's like on it or something, and it was like. You guys just did bad editing here, and it, I really it, had it a hard time with trying me. to figure out why the Smith was such an asshole in this movie. Uh, he was so warm and cuddly in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't play warm and cuddly characters ever, does he? Not really. He's always yeah. kind of a standoffish prick. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I like the cat. Probably as why. far as being standoffish pricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was all right. Yeah, yeah. But no, like the second one was better. I think what they really uh, did differently in the second Captain America is they did really uh, show him being different and more uh, impressive. Right, he was more super. Yeah, you like, saw that it, he's like you see him running. And you're like, oh, well, they started off the movie with him running. Yeah, and you can see, oh, he's clearly like faster than a normal human being. And then they had the battle scene on the ship, and he was like, oh, he's more agile and a better yeah. warrior than anyone else could be. And he actually, even if you look at uh, the progression of the Captain America character, uh, in Avengers, he was like a traffic cop, right? Right. Uh, the people that were really holding their own in the Avengers was like the Hulk, Iron Man, um, Thor, right? And meanwhile, yeah. like, Hero's support was taken care of by uh, Hawkeye, uh, Captain America and uh, Black, Widow. Black Widow. They didn't really show that Captain America was super. Like, no, I, and I hope they take what they did in Winter Soldier into the next in the Avengers, Avengers movie and show him as like, oh no, no, he's not just like a cool guy that you know super yeah. serum. He's a badass motherfucker. Yeah, who because will fuck like, up your shit. if you looked at the Winter Soldier, uh, he took on one of those like uh, horizontal lift v ve- like uh, airplane vehicles. By chucking his sword at it, running over it, and letting it explode behind him. Yes, like yeah. uh, that's some like next level shit. That was actually a shield, not a sword. I'm sorry, did I say sword? Yeah, yeah, I get but it's confused. Okay. And uh, I believe that was a Harrier jet. Uh, I'm not so up on the military shit. It's okay. Um, so yeah, go check out Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, back to the point, though. Uh, they really we should. A, we have a point. <laughs> Ever. They really should just start simulcasting movies directly to my home. I would, I would pay premium for that even. Yeah, yeah, I'd pay ten bucks for it. Like if right? they say, hey, uh, it's gonna be ten dollars, and you only get it for forty-eight hours because it's a new one or That's whatever. That's still a better deal than going to the movie theater, though, because yeah. for the movie you're paying like twelve bucks a person. Yeah, to I'm get like, in for you know two hours, and then you're you're out, and your popcorn's eight bucks a piece, and yeah, like for a family of four, it costs me like sixty dollars, or or like a family of three, where I'm not going to be that asshole that brings an infant to a movie, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I just don't get to go to shows anymore. So Amazon um, and the rest of the people out there that make movies, if you're listening, distribute your shit on Amazon the same time you open it in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, let's jump into a gadget review. So, uh, one of the reasons we're back on the podcast here is because I've got a new toy. Oh, really? I hadn't yeah. noticed. I went and picked up the uh, Zoom H6, which is a portable recorder. It comes by default with six inputs on it. It's got uh, four XLR inputs, and then it's got uh, XLR, the typical mic inputs. It was hard not to make an inputs joke. Yeah, I could hear it in you. 
but then it's got on the top, it's got a kind of a removable um, uh, other inputs where I can add another two mic inputs or another two XLR inputs on it, which can be like mic or keyboard or whatever. And it's got a boom for, mic that I can attach. For, for most people who aren't in music, what's an XLR input? It's a uh, kind of the three-prong input that you have at the end of mics or uh, assorted other things. And it looks like Matt's headphones just cut out because I moved the cord around. Are you back on? Yep, I'm good. Okay, cool. Um, so basically, if you've ever plugged in a microphone, an XLR input is like the little uh, roundish prong with three, or the roundish uh, hole with three prongs in it that uh, jams in. Uh, but the great thing about this is I basically now have a portable podcast environment with me everywhere all the time, and it's like can hold it in my hand. Literally, I can take an old backpack and throw some microphones in it and go do a podcast. Oh, I don't know, from a bar or from the Space Needle or from my car. It doesn't matter. How nerdy do you think you'll look doing that, though? Do, really? <laughs> like, very? <laughs> I mean, I've already been looking at uh, um, new mic stands, like uh, tabletop mic stands, so we yeah. can go places. You know, the big problem is, do I want to get a boom or not a boom? So Yeah, this this would be a little too much with the mic stands, I think. Yeah, uh, but uh, one of the things that this would also allow me to do um, is I could go record live events, right? Yeah. I could, uh, it's got some microphones that come default with it that you can use that can capture the crowd experience. You can wire it into the, uh, one of the outs on the uh, mixer board. You can add extra mics to it to listen in. Like All in all, it's just a badass little super easy-to-use recorder. Uh, this is actually the first episode of our podcast we're using with it. Uh, the podcast I did last week, we didn't actually have um, the recorder in yet because of uh, reasons that I will complain about shortly. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in portable recording, if you're interested in doing podcasts, if you're interested in even recording, let's say let's say you have a band and you want to um, just mic up the band real quick and uh, bust out a solo. Yeah, uh, you could do that super quick here. It's like actually you could, couldn't you? You've got everything. That's yep. enough inputs to do a, a quick three piece band. Yep, yeah, I can get up to six inputs in, so yeah. there's plenty of room. Uh, yes, everybody, go out and buy one. They're awesome. Uh, and after we get them podcast uploaded, we'll know how much better it sounds than the old way we were doing it through my mixer board and uh, into my computer. Yeah, so far on the just the initial like demo back and forth where we trialed it before we started this, it sounded really clear. Yeah, um, our last setup, which we still will probably use from time to time, is a USB-powered mixing board that goes into the computer. Or it's recorded through GarageBand. Um, it sometimes can add a little bit of a delay. So much so that like it confuses folks that are talking for the first time. Uh, we've done things to cut that out to minimize it, but it's always just there kind of by default because we are pushing stuff through USB using the computer. This is directly recording to Wave. It's got uh, all of the stuff you'd want. It's got compression. It's got uh, um, you know it keeps the piece from popping and all that kind of fun stuff. It's a pretty. It's a really nice little thing, and hopefully it will actually make our podcast sound better. <laughs> yeah, so far it seems so far it seems easier than before. Yeah, like there was seriously just one button to press. I mean, there's a few things we have to work out, but, uh, you know, it, it will happen quick. So, go buy one. Even if you don't need it, it's good. I mean, they're only like 400 bucks, so, you know, dive in. Yeah, yeah. Now, on to the topic that everybody has been dying to hear about. Uh, it turns out, independently, Matt and I both went out and bought some uh, new guitar tuners. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we play music. Um, I've been learning the violin lately. I play bass and drums and guitar. And uh, and I was working on my banjo skills. Correct. Matt's been working on the banjo. 
Oh, by the way, Dayson Ariel asked when we wanted to do the uh, um, bluegrass thing in February, I think. Oh, uh, shit. I'm going to have to do some more practice. Yeah. Get, 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 get your right. shit tight. I'll send out the uh, four song, four or five songs that I know. All right. And we'll go from... Okay. Uh, so, back to the tuners. What kind of tuner did you pick up, and why did you make that decision? Uh, so, I'd been using just the little... So, I can't tune by ear at all. Okay. Um, because... You know, I'm. It's hard. It, it's it, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I haven't been playing enough. I think eventually, I can't tell the difference between one note and the other. I can hear the difference, but it's hard to yeah. just do it by sound. Um, and I'd been using just a little like the the super cheap little like, like little fourteen dollar job that you plug into your uh, and just or yeah yeah the, the same sound. as the, you, you yeah, yeah um, and just picks it up. Um, now the hard thing about that is you'd have to you kind of have to set it somewhere where it can pick up the sound, and then right. you're looking at it, and then you're tuning, and you're 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 you right. have a lot of things going on at once. Um, there's the uh, on neck tuners. I think Aaron was the first one that I saw with yep. one uh, when he played with us, and uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder what I wonder what it costs to get one of these. So I looked up on Amazon, and it was like nineteen dollars. Yep. For a snark um, on on neck tuner. Yep. And so now I just keep it on there. So now uh, my violin has uh, one of those tuners. Um, I just put it on the scroll, and then it has a little backlit display. I can look at it and tune. Um, mine does it through your vibration as the violin's vibrating yep, so or via snark. sound. So yeah. yours is the same kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it'll do either. Nice. Um, I think on the Snark, there's 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 a couple of different models. Um, there's a lower-end model that, that will only do it by vibration or only do it by sound. I can't remember which yep. one. Um, but the model I got was only nineteen dollars, so lower end was maybe fifteen dollars. Yeah, I, like, you know, it, it's I, my guitar or my violin one was only about nineteen bucks as well. Uh, it works really well. It's actually really handy on the violin because you know you're already looking down the uh, neck anyway, so it like pops right there where you're looking. You play along and can tune real quick. Yeah, it, it definitely makes the tuning. Um, way faster and easier and 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 you can leave it on while you're playing and so if you need to do some tune down the instrument or, yep. or change the tuning you can pretty much do it on the fly um as fast as somebody who can tune by sound could do it so um as you were talking though uh the real problem with tuning really came out to me uh, i hate twisting the stupid pegs on my violin, I've got these little tiny screws down at the bridge that I have to screw in because they're called fine tuners. Because, like, the violin pegs are, I guess you don't use those to tune. You use those to rough tune, and then you use the fine tuners for everything oh, else. Okay. It's a super pain in the butt. When I'm playing guitar, and I'm like, ding. It's like, ah. It's frustrating for me. Okay. Uh, I have gone the next step in tuners. I was on Kickstarter last year sometime. And there was a project that I funded called Roadie Tuners. And uh, what it is, is it's a little handheld unit about the size of a pack of cigarettes that has um, a spot where you just stick the tuning peg into. And then you uh, pull up the app on your iPhone, select your uh, instrument, and then you hit tune. Like, let's say you're on the uh, low E. I just put my little uh, tuning uh, thing over the tuning pegs, strum the E, and it goes... Done. And uh, it so it's got it for little, you. yeah, right, it's got right. little servos in there that it is like, Dong. and then it just twists until it hits the right yep. uh, frequency. And then you just move down to the next one. Ding, ding. I'm tuning my guitar all the goddamn time now. I've tuned it like nine thousand times in the last. <laughs> it's uh, mostly because you so. like to like play with it. 
Yeah, because like uh, before, it was like, ah, sure, the B string's off, but meh, doesn't. Yeah. I'll, I'll just uh, mute that one, I guess. I don't care. But now it's just like, thump, it's really quick. Yeah, um, and for me, on the uh, you know playing bass before, <laughs> did I, you ever tune your bass? You would, I would tune it, and then I check it, and then I check it. And then I check it, but it never actually needed to be tuned. It was always just it, the the bass with just the big beefy strings just yeah. tends to stay in tune. Now the banjo, on the other hand, with the teeny little um, tuning pegs, uh, with the super uh, wiry strings, and it's an older banjo, and so it's yeah. a little bit flexy. And then the fifth string um, it comes halfway down the neck, right? And uh, I actually originally had just a friction tuner on there. There was no gearing. Yep. And so that was always out of tune. Like, if I'd play for five minutes, it would work its way out of tune. Yeah. Um, I replaced that with a geared tuner. And so now it, it stays in tune much much better. But uh, I definitely have to tune the banjo each time before I play it, or it's, yeah. or it's not going to play right. I was personally amazed at the difference that a good instrument um, or the good tuning pegs make. Like, my first guitar, which is actually right behind me here, uh, was I think one hundred and fifty dollars, like maybe two hundred dollars, and it's a good guitar, you know, it makes sound, and I learned a lot on it. But it would go out of tune like really super wicked fast. Like just breathing on it wrong makes uh, any of the uh, oh I don't know E B G kind of strings <laughs> e, B, go D G A yeah no 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 the D and the A and the E were usually okay okay. But like the three tiny ones. Okay, right? so it again, it was the, it was the small strings, the yeah. the little uh, the the non wrapped strings Correct. usually. Yeah. Uh, now, when I bought my um, nice guitar, you know, that was like twenty five hundred dollars, it uh, stays in tune much nicer, and it's got good action on the tuning pegs. They're uh, nice little mechanical yeah. jobbers. I, I still the guitar pricing is still a, a problem for stupid me. stupid and crazy. Yeah, 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 because it seems like hey, that that hardware, even if you spent like. Hey, let's put really good high-end tuning pegs on here, which are probably, you know, as opposed to the original guitar, are probably $5 a piece. And the new expensive $2,500 guitar, those are probably maybe $20 tuners. No, nope. You're uh, you're miscounting the uh, costs here. Uh, if you want to go, like, there's a guitar kit right behind me for building a guitar. I bought new tuning pegs for it because the ones that were in there were shit. And the inexpensive ones cost me thirty five. I guess they were like low, like mid low end kind of things. Right. They were thirty five bucks. Okay, okay. The nice ones are in the hundreds, if not more, dollars a piece, or for the whole set. The whole of six. set, six. Right. So that still means you could put um, on a cheap guitar, a two hundred dollar guitar, you could put nice really high end pegs, yeah. and now it's going to be five hundred bucks. Correct. Well, not twenty five hundred. Yeah. The, I know there's other things to account for in the cost. But. So here, let's just break down the pricing of guitars um, quickly, right? So A, the wood you use. Uh, there is cheap-ass wood and expensive-ass wood, which on an electric guitar, and any guitar aficionados out there are going to claim I'm a goddamn idiot for saying this, but it is almost impossible to tell. Exactly, because the the, uh, the sounds getting picked up by the by the pickups. Yeah, there's there's no vibration resonance coming off of the guitar because it's all magnetic wavery bits coming from your electric pickups. People, um, now your pickups are expensive. You know, they're fine. There's pickups that are made poorly with very low quality, and there's pickups that are made good with very high quality. That has more impact to the sound of your guitar. Than the wood that's being used, right? And again, with the with the uh, with your pickups, 
the, the civil price, uh, I yeah, think, yeah. differentiation as we talked with on, on the yeah. tuners, right? Yep. The, uh, do you know what the single most expensive piece of any guitar is? I'm going to guess the neck. Ah, uh, see, you're wrong. Try again. Because, you know, you the no, neck, no, there's no, a lot no, of like filigree and stuff yeah, that, can that go takes into work there. And and it's blah, like manual blah, blah, labor yeah, to make it sure. and whatnot. Uh, but uh, that is totally not the most expensive part. That may be the most manually labor intensive part. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know then. It's the part that says, you know, Les Paul. Ah, right. Paul Reed Smith. The label. Ibanez, Yamaha. Um, depending on the label you slap on a guitar, you can ratchet the price five, six, seven times up. See, that's what I'm saying. That does make sense to me. Now, I will say that there are some, uh, depending on the guitar line you're looking at, um, some guitar manufacturers have outsourced manufacture to um, countries that don't have that tight of tolerances in their manufacturing process. So there are people like, uh, my uh, expensive guitar is a Paul Reed Smith. And I really do dig that guitar. It doesn't sound German. No, it's not German. It's made uh, here in the States. Uh, but they are like top-notch luthiers, like swanky, good woodworking people versus some of the lower-end um, uh, models that are coming of other guitar companies that are coming directly out of China or Bangladesh or wherever it is Old Navy gets closed. Bangladesh. Bangladesh, okay. Yeah. Um so now, when you're playing a guitar that's been put together well versus a you know shoddily jammed together piece of shit like I would build, yeah, you can tell the difference just in like how it feels and uh, right. It doesn't it, it doesn't wobble in your right, hands. Right, yeah. <laughs> the the neck doesn't fall off in your hands while you're playing. Um, but yeah, guitar pricing is a little on the crazy side. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what else did we have to talk about today? I don't know. What was is that? The, is that the that, end of our that list? That was the end of the list. Holy crap! Yeah, we powered that through that. Huh? I didn't. I mean. I probably could have talked a little more about the uh, Zoom H6 Handy Recorder, but uh, there's people that have done a much better job than me that have already like talked about it online. Yeah, yeah, and probably did a better job of it. Yeah, like they uh, actually talked about specs and uh, you know what you can do with it and stuff like that. Right, right. Huh. Um, do you want to call it a day? I, I think we should probably just end it then. Great. It's a quick. Hey, at least we got one in. It's yes, been two years, and we got uh, one back. We yeah. got one in the bank. We'll add some more. So uh, coming up next week, maybe we'll talk some fitness stuff. The new Fitbits have come out now, so maybe Ooh, we can chat about yeah. those. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, and it's New Year's, right? So everybody's got their... The gym's going to be crowded again. Resolutions. So. Oh, crap. The gym's yeah. going to be stupid crowded. So tune in next week. We'll talk about Fitbits. We'll talk a little bit about the gyms. And uh, have a nice week. <laughs>